I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The range is wide open for whoever wants to be here. So just come on down. It's high noon for Thursday, May 6, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab from time to time at I'm your moderator. And the still growing merch store is right now available at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture slash all. So pick up some cool merch. And also, if you listen on the Apple Podcast app and you haven't done it before, please take 60 seconds and rate the show five stars and drop a review on there. That stuff helps a lot, and I would appreciate it. Today is the 106th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who was overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You gave it your best shot. You're not going to reach the finish line. And deep down, the relief you seek will come from understanding what you've done. A warm, high noon Thursday welcome to all the redeemable communists out there. This show is as much for you as it is for the people who have already returned to America. So I welcome you to be part of the biggest mass migration in the history of the world. A mental migration where people return from being accidental communists and become Americans again that actually have pride in their home and make their choices based on values and beliefs rather than on their perceived needs for social credit accumulated by impressing people you somehow think are better than you. So let's start today talking about elections and I want to play you a clip and then I'm going to play you how Rachel Maddow reacts to that clip. These two videos got sent to me together. They got dropped into the be reasonable chat at t.me slash I'm reasonable. And then I reposted them in the podcast telegram channel. And this is John Brakey, a Bernie supporter whose number one priority is election integrity. 
the other day at the press conference, you were talking about bamboo. What was that about? Well, is that there's accusations that 40,000 ballots were flown in. To Arizona? Into Arizona, and it was stuffed into the box, okay? And it came from the southeast part of the world, Asia, okay? And, uh, and what they're doing is to find out if there's bamboo in the paper. That camera right there, that they take a picture of the ballot, if you, they can really look at depth and find out, is it a hand-marked paper ballot? Because it, it, it's a 5K camera. You can see the folds in the ballot because 92% of all the ballots here should have been folded because they came in through an envelope, okay? And so they're doing all sorts of testing to prove if it was or wasn't, and that's very important because the only way you can persuade people on changing is having facts. And we're on a mission for facts. And I'm Audit Elections USA. And what we do is not about the right or left. Audit is an acronym. It stands for Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and Transparency in Elections. We've been around 17 years. Uh, we work all over the country for the last five years. I'm in litigation in Florida. Uh, I've sued in Alabama. I negotiated in Virginia. I sued in Ohio. And I've been in 18 states just working elections and i all started because of the bernie sanders election in 2016 with hillary clinton i'm the guy who sued the whole state man what a lunatic conspiracy theorist he is huh sounds completely unreasonable sounds like he has no experience sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about does he imagine for a second that being the takeaway a normal person would have when seeing that video now, are the claims extraordinary sounding? Well, yeah, if you haven't bothered looking into how election fraud happens, that sounds like something ridiculous. It's easy to make fun of. They just flew in 40,000 ballots and then put them into the system. And now they're using high-definition cameras to examine whether or not there are bamboo fibers in the paper which would prove that they were fake ballots. Does that sound like a stupid idea? Not to me. There's ample coverage of the plane flying in with those ballots on it. The plane's identity was hidden and no inspection was done. Those are all facts. And those facts have been around for months. And if you were following closely like I have and many others have, you would have known that. So when you hear John Brakey saying this, that's no surprise. We know that ballots were flown in. And we know what those cameras are going to find. And so does everyone who did it. So how are they going to respond to this? How are they going to make this sound ridiculous enough? And then here we have Rachel Maddow that what they're doing with the ballots, why it's taking so long, why they've been through less than 10% of them already, is because they're taking a very, very careful look at the ballots. What are they looking for? They're looking for bamboo. Because it's possible that maybe China came over and made Joe Biden president by um, something, something, Asia, bamboo ballots, something. So her opening salvo against this argument is to restate it while 
emoting that the thing she's saying should actually not be taken seriously at all. Because I guess it's impossible for someone to ship ballots over and then get them in the mix. That's impossible, right? But you see, the thing is, Arizona is not a state that did universal mail-in balloting. You actually had to request a mail-in ballot. And so, of course, people did that who wanted to vote by mail. But what happens when you want to use the same system as everywhere else, but you don't have the overflow of universal ballots that you have in, say, California, where millions of extra people are on the voter rolls who either don't exist, have moved, are already registered at someplace else, are dead. What do you do? You don't have enough ballots to complete the mission. And Pennsylvania was the same type of state. All you had to do was request a mail-in ballot, and then you would get sent one. But they didn't send them out universally. And we can remember that there was a truck that left New York and drove hundreds of thousands of ballots to Pennsylvania. We have the eyewitness. We have the guy that drove the truck. And then he parked his truck and left his truck, and the truck was stolen. But we know what that was. They needed extra ballots because they needed to say that these ballots are just mail-in ballots coming in late. And that's why we have these huge spikes. And that's why we need two extra weeks to count. And of course, they can't print official ballots. They would have no justification for that. So you need ballots from somewhere. Is it really that crazy, Rachel? Let's find out. And listen to how she treats this man who's worked on her side for 17 years investigating election fraud. The other day at the press conference, you were talking about bamboo. What was that about? Well, is that there's accusations that 40,000 ballots were flown in. To Arizona? Into Arizona, and it was stuffed into the box, okay? And it came from the southeast part of the world, Asia, okay? And, uh, and what they're doing is to find out if there's bamboo in the paper. That camera right there, that they take a picture of the ballot. Now, the silence you're about to hear is Rachel Maddow holding her head down as if she's about to burst out laughing, and she's so embarrassed of what she just heard. That's what she's trying to communicate, but obviously you can't see it on audio. They came over from the southeast part of the world, and they put it in the box. There you go, Trump's president. They're looking for bamboo in the ballots because Trump is secretly president because China, or maybe just Asia, made bamboo ballots and flew them to Arizona and they can find them with the camera. So they have to use the camera on all of the ballots. Got it? If she just does the same thing as before, but this time even funnier then no one will believe it. She didn't say anything substantive. She just tried to repeat the central claim as if it's impossible. And that's what she's saying. It's impossible. Donald Trump couldn't be legitimately the president. Except what happens, Rachel, when they prove that 40,000 ballots are fake and were shipped in? In fact, what if they've already proven that 
And this is just for show. Again, it's been months and months and months that this plane has been known about. It's been months and months and months since the truck that delivered the ballots to Pennsylvania has been known about. This stuff's not new. And it's not in doubt. They wouldn't be saying it if they didn't know. And what would a 40,000 vote difference mean in Arizona, Rachel? Oh, yeah, that would mean Trump won Arizona. The Republican Party is on the verge of kicking out some of their House leadership because of insufficient loyalty to Donald Trump. Well, no, that's not exactly right. In fact, that's maybe the least of Liz Cheney's problems. She doesn't line up with America First or MAGA or any patriot in the world. She wants endless war. She lied about January 6th. She lies about the election, period. Donald Trump is now the animating focus of the Republican Party right now because of their absolute outrage that he's not being allowed back onto social media to keep promoting the idea that he secretly won the election. Well, as someone who was alive yesterday, no one is outraged that Donald Trump is not being allowed back on social media. No one expected Donald Trump to be allowed on social media. George Soros controls the Facebook oversight board. And no, that's not a joke. He's got connections to almost all of them. Facebook's move was just more proof and more people complicit in this national disgrace. He wants to promote the fact that Arizona's recount is going to prove that he secretly won the election. What are they doing in Arizona? They're looking for the bamboo. Well, yeah, Rachel, everyone wants to communicate that what happened in Arizona actually is indicative of a stolen election. And so is everything else that's happening. So, yeah, he's going to promote that. But so are all of the people once we see that that election was a pure fraud. Because bamboo, Asia, planes, that must uh, look at the camera. Where's your point, Rachel? Are you going to make a point? Are you going to make any argument whatsoever? I mean, one of these parties is not like the other, but... This is how we're proceeding boldly into the future right now. So there we have it. That is how the mainstream media gaslights their own audience. That's how little respect for you they have, Kami. You need to understand that. She has no aversion to just lying straight to your face. She likes to do it. This is how they move the ball forward. They convince you guys, commies, that that style of argument makes sense. Rachel Maddow is either as smart as she's made out to be, which means that she knows she's lying, or, like you, commie, she's one of the dumbest people on earth. And by that I mean, after 15 months of being constantly lied to, but really five years, but 15 months of being constantly lied to about some of the biggest crisis points in American history, right? Coronavirus, nonsense BLM stuff, and a completely fraudulent election. 
They've lied about that at every single turn. And you, Kami, are the last person to realize that. But you went to a good college and you have a piece of paper that says you're smart. Does she expect us to believe that she would be making John Brakey out to be some old stupid fool? If he was devoting his efforts to overturning the 2016 election. In fact, why didn't the Democrats make the effort to overturn that election? Why didn't they ask for audits? Hillary conceded the next day, not that night, by the way, when it was obvious she lost. She waited another day to see if there was any way their system could produce enough votes for her to win. And it turned out there wasn't. So she conceded and they moved on to plan B. John Brakey is a liberal. He's a Bernie Sanders supporter. But he has principles. And so it doesn't matter which side he aligns with politically, because normally this would be an ally of Rachel Maddow. And the moral version of Rachel Maddow would still consider him an ally because the moral version of Rachel Maddow would care about election integrity. This version of Rachel Maddow cares about saving her own ass. She's been completely wrong for five years. She still believes in the Russia hoax, or at least she convinces her viewers that it's legitimate. It's not. She has no respect for her own viewers. And what happened to all of her very smart journalism? I mean, she could go back and and research the claim. She could dig into the claim and try to show her audience where John Brakey is wrong. She could say there's no record of any plane. But there is a record of a plane. There's no record of a plane holding ballots, but there is a record of plane holding ballots. There's no record of Chinese officials coming in on that plane with the ballots, except there is that record. Which is why she's not concerned with journalism. Out of John Brakey and Rachel Maddow, who does it sound like is the one who knows what they're talking about? I would say that's John Brakey, and it's pretty obvious. Rachel Maddow didn't say anything. She just made faces and laughed and emoted while repeating the claim to make it sound stupid. There was no substance in her answer at all. And she knows that her audience requires no substance. They want to feel better about their very wrong and stupid view. And she is obsessed with saying that Trump fantasizes about overturning the election and going back into the White House. Everything is about Trump going back into the White House. And everybody knows that can't happen. Except that it can happen, Rachel, and it's going to happen. Because you're already underwater on Americans believing that the election was legitimate. You're under 50%. You know what happens when the rest of the country actually has hard evidence? And do you think there's not hard evidence except what they might find in Arizona? Now Joe Biden's Justice Department is pretending that they're going to come down there and they're going to put their foot down and stop this thing. No, they're not. What they're doing is completely legal. What they're doing is necessary. 
The citizenry of the country is not going to allow that audit to be stopped. And the harder Joe Biden's administration works to interfere in a state process, the more they're going to expose themselves as people who have quite obviously committed fraud. So there was more news out of Arizona yesterday. A few things, actually. One of them is that there was a settlement where the auditors would not do signature comparisons. I guess they haven't even gotten to that stage yet. They still might. But they're just taking a pause on that now. The Democrats would get very, very upset if they start doing it. What does that tell you? They don't want the signatures matched. Part of the process they were supposed to do themselves. That's part of the election is you have to match the signatures on the ballot envelopes. They didn't do it. And they don't want anyone to know it. Also yesterday, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors had to respond for a request for the admin passwords to the machines, and they didn't have the passwords. In fact, no one in Maricopa County ever had the passwords. So someone higher up than the county election officials were actually running the election on the machine level. That should be really embarrassing, but they're just going to pretend that that's not a big deal. It's strange that Rachel Maddow is not covering that part of the story. It's also strange that Rachel Maddow is not covering this part of the story. This is from Gateway Pundit yesterday. Breaking external devices with up-to-date vote totals were taken off-site nightly during the election by Maricopa County or Dominion employees. More corrupt and suspicious acts performed by the Maricopa County election team and or vendor have come to light. Dr. Kelly Ward says that devices that held data during the election in Maricopa County were snuck off-site nightly. Per Republican Chairwoman Kelly Ward, Maricopa County Director of Election Day and Emergency Voting Scott Jarrett said that the orange devices in the picture above, you'd have to see the picture, were external hard drives that were loaded nightly with early vote totals and taken off site to an undisclosed location for safety by an employee or a Dominion contractor working for Maricopa County. Scott Jarrett claims on his LinkedIn profile to have been an auditor before stepping into his current role in Maricopa County. He also claims to have a CIA designation, which stands for Certified Internal Auditor. Having the CIA, Jarrett would surely see that it was not all right, moving any devices like the ones identified in the picture above from an on-site location. Also, the entire fact that these devices were included in an election is also suspect. And then it has a tweet from Kelly Ward. These are the servers for Maricopa County elections. The external drives that were loaded with nightly early vote totals are circled. Scott Jarrett said they were taken to an off-site, quote, undisclosed location nightly for, quote, safety by an employee or a Dominion contractor working for Maricopa County. Again, none of that is allowed. Why were they doing it? Well, because they consistently want to know how many illegal votes they need to flood the system with so that they can win in a way that they can pull off and convince people, the sort of people who watch Rachel Maddow's show, that the result was legitimate. The amount of evidence that points to overwhelming election fraud, hard, real evidence, thousands upon thousands of affidavits. You can see all this stuff, by the way, if you go to Sidney Powell's site, and actually look into the cases. 
The evidence is all there. And think about all the people that have disappeared. Where is that truck driver who took those ballots to Pennsylvania? Phil Klein knows, but we haven't heard from him, which means that's in motion still. Where's Ruby Freeman, the woman who was caught on her own videos bragging about election fraud that she performed, who is on video performing election fraud? Where's Ruby? Where are all the people who filmed themselves tearing up Donald Trump ballots? And where are all the whistleblowers? There hasn't been one in the media yet. But you can imagine that there are probably a bunch undercover. Rachel Maddow is going to have a very hard time, as are all of the people who watch her show, which actually is kind of sad. Like, I don't have a lot of sympathy for commies at this point. Like, if you haven't woken up yet, I don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe you need the last bit of proof. All right. You're still welcome back into America afterward. Okay. But I don't have much sympathy for you if you're watching Rachel Maddow and believing all these things that she's actually not even saying. She's making you form the ideas in your own head. Because what is she supposed to say? What can she honestly say to put down the narrative that is obviously building against her? She's talking about how it's a bad thing that they're going so slowly. Oh, they've only completed 10%. No, they've completed more than that, Rachel. (laughs) You could have looked into that too. I think just yesterday they had reported that they were 17% done. But she's still spending these big chunks of her nightly show doing this. It's been a few weeks now. And why is it so important to shut this thing down? Why did Perkins Coie and the Brennan Center and all these other Soros-related organizations, Democrat-related organizations, communist organizations, why did they flood into Arizona to try to shut this audit down? Why is Katie Hobbs, the secretary of state there, just freaking out? And at this point, just straight up telling reporters on live television, I'm not going to answer that question. (laughs) She really did that yesterday. And of course, the reporter there, who's just some shill named uh, Bram Resnick, he was just like, (laughs) okay, Katie. Well, thanks for stopping by. So now the Federal Department of Justice is trying to get involved, too. And what we can see here is that this is a mass coordinated campaign to get this audit shut down before it causes the problem they can't come back from. The strange thing is that these people are so stupid and so incompetent that they don't realize it's almost definitely true they've already got enough. That's the craziest part to me. But let's think about this if it was flipped around the other way in 2016, right? Just that picture of the external hard drives and the servers and the knowledge that those drives got taken off site every single night, that would have been enough to convince every single one of these communists that Donald Trump actually did collude with Russia and the election was stolen. They were convinced by far less, by the way. Of course, they all knew that they were lying, which is why they didn't pursue it. They had no proof. They had nothing to to build their pursuit on. There was no foundation. 
Look at what's happening on our side. Again, over 50% of America knows the election was a fraud. It's actually probably far higher than that. And I've discussed that a bunch of times. But the reason this keeps going and the reason that we win every single day is because the country's awake, the country is watching, and there's more than ample foundation to build the entire case on. Again, the evidence of election fraud is overwhelming. So why are they trying so hard to stop it? Well, because they obviously know what they did. Just the fact that they are trying to stop it should be good enough proof that they know what they did, that the election fraud is clear and overwhelming and obviously changed the presidential election and countless other elections and ballot items throughout the country. That's what's coming. And they know it's coming and they're trying to ride it out in whatever way they can. And they want to be sure that no one can even talk about it. Because if anyone talks about it or anyone thinks about it, or we audit Arizona, or we audit New Hampshire, or we audit Michigan, or any of these other states, well, that'll just cast the election into more doubt. And we can't have that. Why can't we have that again? Because what is the problem with doubt and investigation, right? We're all American citizens who want the best for America. We all care about fair, free elections, don't we? I thought that we were all on the same side on that. Aren't we commies? So the investigation will only teach us more about how elections operate. And if you're as right as you think you are, then surely the audit will prove that Joe Biden was legitimately elected president. What could be better for you? What could allow you to call us stupid more? That's what you want. That's what you always want. You want to feel like somehow you're actually smart, even though you don't know anything, even though you're well over a year behind everyone else in catching up to the most obvious and critical truths of your life. You still want to feel smart. What could make you feel smarter more than knowing That even after the cyber ninjas audit, this very Republican, very biased audit, Joe Biden's still the president. Isn't that what you want? No, that's not what you want. Because you know what happened. So what you're really trying to do is obfuscate that. Which means that you are a traitor to the country. And I don't hesitate in saying that. It's true. You don't want the true result of the election to be known. And of course, you understand that that's an extremely immoral position that betrays your air of honesty and care and caring for others, by the way, caring about people's votes, caring about marginalized communities. No one gets any help from the American government without a fair election process. That's how the people voice their concerns. That's how the people create the society that they want to live in together. There is no utopia, but that's as close as you can get. And that's why America was started. But you can't be honest about what you want. So you have to make a moral appeal to something else. And the really pathetic thing is 
They don't really have that either. They just keep relying on January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. If we find out anything more about election fraud, there's going to be another very violent insurrection. And that comes from the same people who were rationalizing and justifying Black Lives Matter Antifa domestic terrorism all last year. These deranged commie losers with college degrees filling water balloons with human feces so they could throw them at cops. Taking laser pointers and shining them in the eyes of federal officers trying to protect the federal courthouse in Portland. Trying to burn out their retinas and blind them. These people justified and rationalized all that. Well, you know, yeah, racism is such a big problem that we need to do this stuff. Yeah, you know, you're going to try to make an omelet. Some eggs are going to get broken. Some eyes are going to get burned. Some people are going to fling their own shit. Okay, commie, stick with that then. All they have is the threat of a very violent insurrection. Well, let's see. Since January 6th, it's now been a full four months. And in that four months, we have seen zero riots by Trump supporters, by people telling the big lie. Where's the violence? Where are the very deadly insurrections? It's strange, isn't it? That everyone on our side is just doing things peacefully and by law, trying to pressure their school boards and county health officials and state election officials and state legislatures. You know how the Constitution recommends. That's what our side is doing. They're doing it the right way. They're doing it through peaceable means. They're doing it through the exact system set up so that people could express their grievances. And there has been no violence. If the threat of violence was real, why did it stop after one day? And why was the entire story told about that day a lie? If it was actually Trump supporters that started that riot, and that did all that very deadly insurrection stuff. Why was every single incident they focused on a 100% lie? Why are they hiding the name of the cop that shot Ashley Babbitt? I thought they wanted to defund police. I thought police were the problem, that poorly trained cops were the problem. We shouldn't have police because sometimes they murder innocent people, right? Isn't that the claim? They won't even release the guy's name. They're not pursuing charges. But Ashley Babbitt's family is. And thank goodness for that. But they're not out there rioting. They're not out there trying to start a riot. They're not trying to figure out who this cop is so that they can send their minions to burn his house down. Because we're not you, commies. It's not what we do. The only appeal you have left is to say that if anyone talks about this subject, there's going to be more January 6th? Well, where are they? No one stopped talking about it. I talk about it practically every day. There's motion on it every day. Where are the MAGA people trying to attack black people? Where are the MAGA people doing anti-Asian hate crimes? Oh, wait. Those are black communists doing that. 
Sorry, black people. It's not your problem. Your skin color has nothing to do with their skin color. But if we're going to make it about skin color, we have to be honest about who's doing what. There's no MAGA supporters going, running around attacking Asians. I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan the other night, and he had on Josh Rogan, that's R-O-G-I-N, who is a reporter at the Washington Post and wrote a book about the U.S. relationship with China. And he went into a good level of detail about what happened in Wuhan and the fact that it's almost definitely true that the virus was created in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And at the same time, he was still blaming Trump for the coronavirus response, saying he lied about this and he lied about that. And everybody knows Trump lied, so he really hurt the cause and blah, blah, blah. Because the media, they just, you know, they just know Trump's a liar. And so they're more likely to ignore the things he says. It's not bias. It's not coordinated. It's not because they're actually communists and hate America. No, they're still very good people who really care about America and really care about election integrity. They just don't report anything accurately because, you know, Trump's a liar. And because January 6th and everything's so bad and, you know, Trump supporters are very violent and everybody's stupid. Mike Pompeo is a liar. Donald, Donald Trump is a liar. The guy is literally everything that's wrong with media now. And I guess it's a good thing that he's hopefully red-pilling some idiots. But Rogan didn't give him a quality interview. He let him say his stuff. Maybe Joe doesn't know enough anymore to be able to conduct these interviews properly and ask the right questions. And again, I'm not insulting Joe Rogan at all. I love the guy. He's a hero. He's the fucking king of podcasts. He's the dude that made me want to get into this in the first place. Like, I really respect the hell out of him. But a lot of the people that he considers really smart people have missed the ball completely because they are Trump deranged. Sam Harris, Eric Weinstein. They don't think election fraud happened? Okay, well, you guys aren't very smart then. Sorry, I looked at both of them as, as intellectual heroes too until I saw who they are and what they're about. And if you can't embrace the evidence to the contrary of the thing that you care about, you're not an intellectual. And so in the interview, this guy, Josh Rogan, was talking about how it was too hard to pursue the lab theory back then because Trump had made the, in- the issue too controversial by calling the flu certain names, which he was too scared to repeat on air. What did Trump call it? He said Kung flu a couple times, I think. He called it Wuhan flu, Chinese flu, China virus, China flu. I think that's most of what he called it. I don't know what else he called it. If one of those terms is offensive to you, you're a pussy. If you're scared of saying those terms because you think you're going to get punished by the Washington, D.C. media community, then you're the biggest pussy of all time. And then what did Josh Rogan do with that information that Trump said the bad names of the China virus? Well, that started AAPI hate in Washington, D.C., which Josh Rogan swears he saw firsthand. He knows that there's strong evidence that AAPI hate 
rose after Donald Trump said those things. Okay. I mean, I guess if you have evidence, the world would love to see it. But there are all sorts of AAPI Trump supporters out there. A lot of them are actually immigrants from China because they know what the Chinese Communist Party did. I don't know of any incidents of MAGA people attacking Asians because of Donald Trump saying China virus. And if there are those examples, someone please send them to me. And I will look into it very deeply before I accept that that actually happened, which is the responsible thing to do. You know, it's not racist to doubt a story just because it's a story of oppression or hate. Imagine we hadn't bothered investigating Justy Smollett. So where is the violence narrative? Where is this coming from? And why are they allowed to say something so stupid and insulting to well over half the country? Why are they allowed to insult their own audiences by blatantly lying to them about the most important things in their lives still for years now? And the only reason anyone believes it is because if you don't, the scary people are going to have a deadly insurrection again. This is comically stupid, okay? Like, take out the politics of it. Just watch what they're doing and focus on their motivations. Everyone should be insulted by this. And not because I'm calling it stupid. Rachel Maddow thinks everyone who doesn't agree with Rachel Maddow is the dumbest person on earth. But every night, she shows herself to be one of the dumbest people on earth. There are actually ways she could have probed what John Brakey was saying, and she didn't do it because there's no foundation under it. She can't root any of those claims anywhere. So what we're left with is some unfunny middle-aged woman making faces and chuckling on TV in lieu of saying anything meaningful. That's pathetic. And again, just imagine what would have happened if the Democrats had found evidence of servers being manipulated in a dark red state. Like one of the ones, for instance, that the Democrats are now pretending is blue, like Arizona or Georgia or Texas. Imagine they had evidence of that, what that would have done. But they didn't. Not one bit. Not one shred. I'll be really interested to see when Rachel Maddow's audience finally leaves her. Or who knows? Maybe her three and a half million viewers are all of the people who are going to be lost forever. <laughs> Sorry, commies. I wish I could have sympathy for you, but you're still watching Rachel Maddow and you're still saying the stupidest things in the world and you still have taken no moral account for what it is you believe. Now, something I've been noticing over the last few weeks, I think is another good rooted proof that we are absolutely winning. 
And that's the appearance of congressmen and senators on the war room. And I know that that sounds like you're like, oh, what? Come on. That doesn't mean anything. I really think it does, because initially it was only Matt Gates who would come on. Then it was Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, in the last couple of days, Josh Hawley, the senator, and Elise Stefanik, who's very likely going to take Liz Cheney's spot in Republican leadership, have both been on the war room. The war room talks daily about how the coronavirus narrative is a lie and how election fraud is completely real. They've been steadfast in both those positions. So it's becoming safer and safer and safer for our representatives to appear on this show, which means that the views they express are becoming less dangerous and less toxic. And the way that that happens is by those views becoming more accepted. And if those views are becoming more accepted, it's because we are winning the narrative every single day. Okay? Every day. Now let's change topics to our extremely competent public health community. I was on YouTube today and before the video played, an ad popped up where a pediatrician was telling parents that it's really important they come in and get their children vaccinated with all the vaccines that aren't the COVID vaccine, by the way. They want to make sure that the vaccine hesitancy that's bubbling up in all communities across the country. They want to make sure that doesn't distract any parents from going in and getting the 83 vaccines that their children definitely need and definitely don't harm. They're literally advertising that now. That is a disgrace. They're paying for ads to convince parents to come in and get vaccines as they have just released an incredibly controversial vaccine and can't stop selling it to us. In fact, they're not even selling it to us. They're selling the idea of it to us because they're giving it to us for free and no one wants it. How bad does something free have to be for no one to want it? They're basically admitting that the vaccine is basically just a sidewalk couch listed in the free section of Craigslist. And then we have Laura Ingram citing a study showing that the use of hydroxychloroquine in the treatment of COVID-19 is not dangerous. And of course, everybody knows that. How many lives could have been saved if the FDA didn't pretend that it was dangerous, if the media didn't convince everybody that hydroxychloroquine was some conspiracy theory concocted by Donald Trump and not an actual life-saving therapy that would have allowed us all to return to normal life immediately when this thing first started. But wait, 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 it gets so much worse. Now a report has come out from Life News, which is a pro-life organization, on how Dr. Fauci's group, the NIAID, under the NIH, has been funding a study 
at the University of Pittsburgh where they are attaching the scalps from aborted fetuses onto lab rats. A new video from the Center for Medical Progress exposes a grisly experiment at the University of Pittsburgh that involves scalping five-month aborted babies and implanting their scalps onto rodents. Now, Pennsylvania leaders are demanding an investigation and urging the university to stop its experiments using aborted baby body parts. Publicly available information demonstrates that Pitt hosts some of the most barbaric experiments carried out on aborted human infants, including scalping five-month-old aborted fetuses to stitch onto lab rats, the Center for Medical Progress said in a statement. The information comes from a study that University of Pittsburgh researchers published in September 2020 in the journal Scientific Reports. It describes how scientists use scalps from aborted babies to create humanized mice and rats to study the human immune system. A number of the patients using aborted baby body parts at the university are funded by U.S. taxpayers through the National Institutes of Health and, in particular, Dr. Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases office, CMP found in its investigation. That is sickening. And this is something I've discussed before. When you believe that there is a need for aborted fetal tissue, then you are admitting there is a need for aborted fetuses. And when you think about the fact that these are five-month-old aborted fetuses, which means that they could potentially be viable outside the womb, then you understand why Democrats will not allow abortions to be restricted even into the late second and third trimesters. This is horrifying stuff. They encourage abortion for a reason, and this is a big part of that reason. And I'm sure the science community has very legitimate reasons for why they do these sorts of things, and they can tell us, How important it is, which is the same thing they do when discussing gain-of-function research. Anthony Fauci himself has written in favor of -of gain-of-function research, which collects viruses from the world and then makes them more deadly or more transmissible. You know, to prevent dangerous viruses. Kind of sucks that one got out and then, you know, destroyed the entire world's economy and many people's lives. But Anthony Fauci gets to go on TV a lot and tell everyone how great a job he's doing. Anthony Fauci funded that research, so why not fund this research that scalps five-month-old aborted fetuses so that they can be attached to rats? Anthony Fauci isn't just Dr. Mengele at this point. Now he's also Mephisto from South Park where he thinks he's a genius because he made a monkey with four asses. And then finally, I want to talk about this Just the News article about some pretty extreme corruption in Missouri's Justice Department. Investigation finds massive wrongdoing by prosecutor in case against ex-Missouri governor. St. Louis prosecutor Kimberly Gardner engaged in 62 acts of misconduct that resulted in 79 false representations during prosecution of Eric Greitens, memo alleges. This is John Solomon last night, May 5th, in Just the News. 
Missouri's chief legal disciplinary officer accused St. Louis's top prosecutor of sweeping misconduct in the failed prosecution of former Governor Eric Greitens, saying she lied to judges in court filings and testimony, withheld exculpatory evidence from the defense, misled her own prosecution team, and violated the constitutional right to a fair trial. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kimberly Gardner, one of the early local prosecutors bankrolled by liberal megadonor George Soros since 2016, engaged in 62 acts of misconduct that resulted in 79 false representations during Greitens' now-dismissed criminal prosecution, according to Chief Disciplinary Counsel Alan Pratzel's memo obtained Wednesday by Just the News. Probable cause exists to believe that the respondent is guilty of professional misconduct, Pratzel declared in a 73-page memo that repeatedly accused Gardner of withholding evidence of innocence and providing a false portrait to the courts, the defense, and even her own prosecution team. Pratzel also accused Gardner of lying during the disciplinary proceedings long after the case was dismissed against Greitens, a former Navy SEAL and rising Republican star who was forced to resign as governor in 2018, less than two years after he was sworn in. The disciplinary action against Gardner follows the 2019 indictment of her former chief investigator in the case, ex-FBI agent William Tisseby, on seven felonies alleging he committed perjury and evidence tampering during the Greitens probe. Gardner also remains under criminal investigation by a special prosecutor as Tisseby awaits trial that has been delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic. The unraveling. Yeah, sure it has. <laughs> God, man. The unraveling of the criminal case was highlighted in a Just the News investigative report last year, prompting some to compare Gardner's actions to the FBI's now confirmed misconduct during the pursuit of then President Donald Trump during the Russian collusion probe. Pratzel concluded that Gardner had violated her responsibilities as a lawyer and prosecutor, essentially suborning Tisseby's perjury by, quote, failing to take reasonable remedial measures when she knew Tisseby was giving false answers to questions. She offered and elicited false testimony when questioning Tisseby, end quote, during a deposition ordered by the court and also provided inaccurate information to a fellow prosecutor during a private session in the judge's chambers that later led that prosecutor to make false statements in court, the memo alleged. Gardner, St. Louis's first black chief prosecutor, filed an initial response to the allegations suggesting race and politics were involved in the disciplinary action, but acknowledging she made mistakes in the Greitens prosecution. In hindsight, were each and every one of Miss Gardner's actions in the intense, fast-paced Greitens investigation and prosecution perfect? No, but that is not the measure or purpose of the attorney discipline. Her legal team wrote, Oh, really? It was intense and fast-paced. Anyone would have made mistakes. Anyone, even if they weren't paid by George Soros, would have made these exact same mistakes in this absolute obvious witch hunt. She claimed that she has been the target of attacks for her tireless and courageous efforts to reform the criminal justice system and was being treated differently compared to other lawyers. Lie, 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 lie. Attacks on Miss Gardner have taken many forms, ranging from overtly racist emails sent to her office to investigations and lawsuits against her. Well, yeah, but that's because she's a criminal. Her reply alleged she also showed her continued disdain for Greitens, calling him a Republican golden boy. Oh, yes. Are golden boys white? Miss Gardner. Wednesday's development could also have repercussions in the political world where Greitens is attempting to come back by running for the vacant U.S. Senate seat in Missouri in 2022. 
He claimed vindication in the findings by the disciplinary council. I'm glad the truth is coming out, he told Just the News. It proves what I said all along was correct. Because I fought for the people of Missouri, I was attacked by a Soros-funded prosecutor. She repeatedly lied, violated my constitutional rights, and made up a false case because I defended our police officers. Hopefully, what she did to me won't ever happen to anyone else, he added. Gardner has been the object of frequent controversy and criticism, including as the focus of an ongoing special prosecutor's criminal investigation in the Greitens case, and was recently removed by a court in the prosecution of a St. Louis couple accused of brandishing weapons during last year's Black Lives Matter protests. She has frequently used race as a defense, even filing a lawsuit under the KKK Act of 1871 last year, alleging the St. Louis Police Union had mobilized to thwart her efforts to reform criminal justice and denouncing the, quote, white, ethically conflicted special prosecutor investigating her anticipate. That lawsuit was thrown out last September. Pratzel's memo, however, provides the most direct and serious threat to her hold on the St. Louis prosecutor's office. Disciplinary action, if upheld by a hearing panel and the Missouri Supreme Court, could range from public admonishment to loss of her law license, the latter of which could end her tenure as circuit attorney. The disciplinary memo cited a litany of violations of rules designed to ensure ethical behavior by lawyers and prosecutors and fair trials for defendants. It alleged she made false statements in court filings, engaged in conduct prejudicial to the administration of justice, and harmed Greitens' right to a fair trial by keeping required evidence of innocence from the defense. Gardner violated, quote, the rules of criminal procedure and court orders by concealing discoverable and exculpatory evidence, end quote, the memo stated. So there we have it. A Soros-funded prosecutor going out and headhunting for politicians that pose a risk to the global communist agenda. This is how they do it. They do the same things with the elections. They have secretaries of state. They have district attorneys. They have state attorney generals. They basically take over every seat of power they need to make sure that the crimes are never found out and never prosecuted. And when they are caught, they pretend that they're targets and they call everyone else racist. This is what racist means now, the word racist. It means anyone who threatens global communism. So let's review. Today, we have Rachel Maddow lying to her audience our public health sector advertising vaccines to children. Anthony Fauci funding experiments that involve five month aborted fetus scalps and Soros prosecutors abusing the law to target political opponents with the justice system. These people are evil, okay? And if you're a redeemable communist and you're still listening to this, it's time you wake up to who your team actually is. These are the people on your team. These are the people you defend. You need to let it go. You see, the thing is, our politics, I don't think our politics are actually that different. I think what's different is our information. And I know as a communist, you believe that you know everything. You can repeat all the slogans. You read all the articles that give you the extra slogans that you can repeat. I understand 
that you believe that. Sadly, you are constantly wrong about everything. And you have been wrong about everything for five years. So the difference is not in what our political motivations are. And that's why I used to be so close to so many of these people and used to support many of these positions myself. I didn't know better. That's the point. But once you take the blinders off and once you realize what these people are doing, you got to come over and be an American again. Because the longer you are complicit with this sort of evil, the more evil you become. You are now simply making excuses for all of the people you ostensibly hate. The problem is on your side. And it's up to you to realize it and come on over. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon. 
down on the range. It's hell!